الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وآت ذا القربى حقه والمسكين وابن السبيل ولا تبذر تبذيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الرحم معلقه بالعرش تقول من وصلني وصله الله ومن قطعني قطعه الله او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله الكريم رضي الله there are many many lessons that we have been given in the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the incidents of the life of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and some of these things are discussed at various times but if you look at the number of times that these things have been emphasized then we will understand that no matter how many times they are discussed it's still little so some of these lessons will keep repeating themselves but the issue is that each time we have to be reflecting of how much it is now within in our within our lives nevertheless one incident in the life of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam This is right at the very beginning of Nubuwwat. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to go to Ghar Hira and he used to seclude himself sometimes for an entire month at a time. This was before Nubuwwat already. Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to be very concerned when he used to see the conditions of the people. How people are steeped in vice, involved in all kinds of evil. And this used to perturb him. and as a result he used to go and seclude himself and ponder what can be done so this seclusion also is something which is required in a life of a mu'min that some portion of his day is also in seclusion that it is between him and his rabb no third party and this seclusion helps to develop the link with allah taala now the person is cut off from all the other distractions everything else so already before nubuwwat this was nabi sawsam used to do this and he used to make ibadat in the man of the shariat of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam which had still been to some extent safeguarded in any case eventually the first wahi came tibri salatu wasalam appeared before nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his original form where he covered the entire horizon and if he spreads two wings one will cover the east the other will cover the west allah taala has created him with 600 wings so this was the first occasion that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was face to face with the angel of allah taala so obviously this was already something that sort of took him by surprise then the first time that this weight of wahi came and the weight of wahi was such that the quran sharif itself speaks about it that law anzalna hadha alquran ala jabal illa raaitahu khashi'an mutasaddi'an min khashyatillah that if you had to reveal this quran on a mountain it would have trembled and have broken into pieces because it would not have been able to bear the weight of this wahi now this was that wahi that came directly onto the heart of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there were occasions when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was mounted on a camel and the wahi suddenly started coming the weight of the wahi used to be such that that camel would sit down it cannot bear the weight so this was the first occasion that wahi came so that great weight that came on nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam so all this was quite a situation 
Nabi Wasallam, after the wahi was over, came home trembling. فَرَجَعَ إِلَىٰ خَدِيجَةَ تَرْجُفُ فُعَادُهُ Nabi Wasallam came in such a condition that he was trembling, he was shivering. And immediately first he asked them to cover him. Zambiluni. So they covered Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi covered him. Then when he settled, now he started relating to her what happened. He related to the to her the incident. And then he said to her, Lakad Khashitu Allah Nafsi. I feared for my life. Feared for my life. I thought I would not be able to bear this weight. It was so intense. I thought my life will go. And then Jibreel Salaam had embraced him also three times. And pressed him hard. This was to transfer something. On those occasions also, Nabi Wasallam described it in that manner that I felt my life will go. So when he expressed all this was a Khadija radiallahu she consoled him. She responded in a way that was meant to console him. And after all, this was what gave her that maqam and rank that Allah Ta'ala blessed her with. Khadija did not have the opportunity of many of the very great ibadat that others performed. She didn't get the opportunity of keeping any farz fast. It never became farz in her lifetime. She, was, she had passed away by that time. By the time fast became farz. She didn't make any farz hajj. By the time she passed away, had it only come first later. She didn't participate in any jihad. Jihad had only become something in Madina Munawwara. She passed away in Makkah Mukarrama. So all these great amal she never got the opportunity of. Yet in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, خَيْرٌ نِسَاءِهَا خَدِيجَةُ بِنْتِ خُوَيْلِدْ That the best woman of this ummah is Khadija bint Khuwailid. What gave her this rank? There was something special about her that gave her this rank. And the thing that was special was that she supported Nabi Wasallam when there was nobody there. And she was this pillar of strength for him. And she was at every juncture there to do whatever is necessary to provide that support and comfort and solace. And in every way, financially, she spent everything on Nabi Wasallam, Emotionally, and helping in whichever way. So in any case, she then said something to comfort Nabi Wasallam. What she, did she say? That is the subject that we wish to discuss. She started off very firmly. Nabi Wasallam said, I feared for my life. And she said, Kalla, never. I imagine, Allah's Nabi Wasallam is saying that I feared for my life, that something could have happened to me. Khadija is with such determination. She's saying, Kalla, never, not possible. La Allahu abada. Allah Ta'ala will never allow any disgrace to come to you. Not possible. Now, one is that Nabi Wasallam after Nubuwad, people recognized him, some recognized him as a Nabi, they accepted him as the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. So now that they know that he's a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, they accepted him, believed in him. So obviously a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala is the most successful person. But this is the first occasion still. There hasn't been that opportunity to understand or to learn what is Nubuwat all about. She is just being still told that this wahi came. And she is with such determination saying that you are that person, no disgrace can come to you. Allah Ta'ala won't allow any disgrace to come to you. So this is a claim, a very bold claim, very big claim. And with qasam, with very great emphasis, Wallah, la yukhzik Allahu abada. So what is the substantiation for this claim? So she then substantiates her claim. <coughs> she then substantiates what she's saying. She gives the proof. She says, why will ever disgrace come upon you? Because you are that person, innaka la tasilur rahim. Wa tahmilul kal. Wa taksibul ma'doom. Wa taqrid baif. She then lists the great qualities that are present in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now this is already before Nubuwad. These qualities were existing. 
So this could have only increased after Nubuat. And she's saying, you have all these qualities in your life. Somebody who has such noble qualities, that person can give his life, but he can't be disgraced. For example, a person has gone into jihad or whatever, and he got martyred, he got accepted, he got, became successful. That he can do, he can give his life. But turn his back and run away, that he won't do. Not possible. Because that is disgrace. He's been given a task. He can give his life in fulfilling that task. That is now the peak of success. That what task he was given, he gave his life in it. That is success at its height. But not being able to fulfill the task and give up. That no, this is beyond me, I can't do it. This is a kind of disgrace. That can't happen to you. You can give your life in fulfilling the task. But you can't, it won't happen that you won't be able to fulfill the task and say, I give up. And why? Because of these qualities. So qualities, what we understand is from this, and she is saying it with determination, and then she lists the qualities. And this is what we learn from here is, that these qualities are things that bring success to a person in different ways, though the link is not always apparent. Many a times, the link between things are not apparent. Sometimes some good deed. A person does some good deed and something else happens for him. It's not linked up outwardly that this is what was done and this is what the end result of it was. But there is a link between these things. There was one Buzrug, Abu Hafs Haddad, Rahmatullah Initially his life was very free. He fell in love with some woman saw her and became ashik over her, now he's trying in some way or the other to get her attention or to make her come under his spell. So he tried everything else, nothing worked out. So eventually, he decided to come to one magician. He says, whatever it takes, but uh, I want this person. So that person said, fine, I can make this jadu, whatever. But for it to work, this particular thing, for 40 days you'll have to go, for 40 days, make no ibadat, then you come. After 40 days when you come without having made any ibadat, then what I will do will have its effect. So this person in his insanity now, because when these things, when haram comes over a person's mind, then it turns his mind, then he can't see what's right, what's wrong, he can't see he forgets everything. He forgets, forgets makhluk, he forgets khalik also. Then, but he becomes so engulfed in that, that that directs his life. Then he becomes led by the news, like a person leading a camel by the news, or a, some other animal by the news, whichever way he turns, that turns with him. Then he is led, shaitan leads him by the news with this. So he was caught up in this. So he said, very well. So he went away. For 40 days he gave up all ibadat, namaz and tilawat, zikr and whatever he was doing, everything he gave up. After 40 days he came. When he came, this person started doing whatever he wanted to do and trying to cast his spell. Now that spell had to be cast, so to say, just to understand it for all purposes, maybe via this person. So this person had to be totally devoid of any ibadat for that period of time. So now it will go via him and reach wherever it's supposed to reach. Well, whatever they plan to do. Now he's trying his utmost and he's saying nothing is working. So he's asking, you sure for 40 days you didn't make any ibadat? You didn't need one subhanallah also. He said, no, nothing. He said, no, you think carefully. Something is not working out. What happened? person thought carefully. He said, well, one thing is coming to mind now. Whenever I used to walk out of my house and wherever he was going to his work, or says if there was anything on the road that was fallen, which would inconvenience others, then I would remove that out of the way. That this is a thing that will harm others. It's not nice. I should put it aside. So this magician got so overtaken with this, he said, "What kind of rub you are leaving his ibadat for? That on this also he accepted that as a result of which my jadu is not working now." That this one act of yours, that to remove the harmful object from the path. This to Nabi says, Imatatul Ada Anit Tariq. This is the lowest branch of Iman, the smallest branch of Iman. 
with a branch of Iman. Not the branch of some small tree of this world. The branch of Iman is bigger than the biggest branch of this, of this world. So, this one act that you are doing has cancelled everything, has put a barrier between my work and whatever I was trying to do. So, the point here is that sometimes we can't see the link, but the link is there. So, Khadija is saying that impossible that any disgrace comes to you. You are that person who has all these qualities in you. How can disgrace come? So, these good qualities will bring izzat in this dunya and the akhirat as well. And it will save and protect a person from disgrace, from harm, from difficulties, from calamities, from tests come on all the bandhas of Allah Ta'ala. But something that will perturb his heart and make him become distant from Allah Ta'ala, he'll be protected from all these things. So what are these qualities that she describes? On top of the list she says, إِنَّكَ لَتَسِلُ rahim That you are that person who joins family ties. You maintain family relationships. Now imagine to what extent Nabi Islam must have been doing this that at this very dramatic occasion, Nabi Islam is explaining something which was so major. First time this incident happened, an angel came to him, Wahi came to him, and he feared for his life. And on such a momentous occasion now, Hazrat Khadija is trying to say some words of comfort. On top of the list at this time, she's saying, Innaka latasilur rahim. So, how glaring this must have been in the life of Nabi Islam that this was the first thing that came out of her mouth in terms of the proof for what she's saying. Innaka latasilur rahim. That you maintain family ties. And there are so many ahadis that we discussed on many occasions previously. But just in the life of Nabi Islam to understand to what extent he gave priority to this. It is the situation where Nabi Islam has surrounded the people of Taif. After the battle of Hunain, Kufar fled from there. Many of them went away to Otas and some went away to Taif. Taif was a fort. So they went and they went into the fort, closed the doors. And they said, well, we've got one year's provisions in here. We don't need to come out and fight face to face. We will sit here for one year. After one year passes, then we'll see. And they put their arches on the walls, high walls. Anybody tries to come close the arch now, obviously from the height, arches are shooting arrows, it's difficult to reach them from the bottom. And it's easy for them to shoot arrows from the top, from behind the wall. So it was difficult to approach. So Nabi Wasallam had laid a siege to this fort for more than 20 days with the Sahaba Ikram. And due to these arches, some Sahaba even became shaheed. Many of them were injured. In order to break this resolve of theirs, Nabi Wasallam first various other things were tried. They even used what was known as the Dabbaba, like in our the catapult, like a tank of this day. But all that also didn't have any effect on trying to break that wall or bring them out. So eventually, Nabi Islam gave the order that their orchards that were outside the fort, start cutting those orchards, the trees off. So, the Sahaba started cutting it off. Now these people are observing, as soon as they saw their trees being cut, they immediately sent a message that we are beseeching you in the name of Allah Ta'ala and on the name of kinship. Because there were some family ties that please leave our orchards alone. Can we imagine the situation? These people had already marched, when Nabi Wasallam had conquered Makkah Mukarramah, these people had marched to come and attack the Muslims. That is what brought about the battle of Hunain. And then they fled from there. Now they are besieged in a fort. It's war. It's not some games that are being played. It's war that is taking place. If they get the opportunity, they'll kill anybody. And they have already made some Sahaba Shaheed. And it's war that is taking place to break their resolve. Nabi Wasallam ordered, cut these trees. And in this situation, they're saying, please, we're begging you in the name of kinship and family ties, leave our orchards alone. Nabi Wasallam says to Sahaba, leave it in the name of Allah Ta'ala and for family ties, leave it. Can we imagine there's full-scale war carrying on? And if they get the opportunity to kill anyone, 
But in the name of family ties, Nabi Sallallahu says, leave it, it's okay. To what extent this has been uh, displayed in Nabi Sallallahu life? Once the Sahaba were out and they captured one person who was a leader of his people, Sumama bin Usal radiallahu ta'ala. They captured him, brought him, so they tied him to a pillar in the masjid. Tied him there maybe, just he was sitting whatever, but he can't move anywhere, just around there. The Beast also came past, asked what you got to say. So he said, well, if you, in taqtul, taqtul zadamin, if you kill me, then I am deserving to be killed because I've also killed your people. I've also committed murder. So if you kill me, then you're entitled to do it. in tun'im, tun'im ala shakirin. But if you spare me, then I will be grateful. And if you want to be given some compensation, in kunta turidul mal fasal, fasal If you want wealth, ask, you'll be given what you want. Because he was a big leader of his time. Nabi Sallallahu didn't say anything and carried on. This person remained only when it was some need of his. Whoever was in charge of him would release him, take him. He would go and fulfill his need and come back. That is where he will be given his food, sleep, everything right there. So three days passed like this. And each day Nabi Sallallahu would pass and ask him the same question, he will give the same answer. After the third day, Nabi Sallallahu said, Atliqu Thumama, let him go. But free, he can do what he wants, go where he wants. This is that great lie that Islam spread with the sword. Which sword brought Sumama radiallahu anhu to Islam? Which sword brought Hazrat Bilal radiallahu anhu to Islam? Rather it was the swords that were trying to take him out of Islam. Which sword brought Hazrat Suhaib Rumi into Islam? And which sword brought Hazrat Salman farsi into Islam? And all the other Sahaba who were being tortured in Makkah Mukarramah by the Kuffar and they were try. Everything was done to try to make them give up Islam. Which sort brought them into Islam? So here this is in Medina Munawwara. Nabi Islam says, leave him, let him go. He wants to go away, he can go away. Just free him. But for three days, he was tied in the masjid and he was observing how do the Muslims conduct themselves. And it was just that. That was the sword that conquered his heart. How the Muslims... What they were, how they were worshipping Allah Ta'ala, how they were conducting themselves with each other, what was their relationship, how they were going about things. When he was released, he goes out, goes to the nearest one garden, there's a well, goes and takes a bath, comes back into the masjid, comes to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Except Iman. Any case, he says to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I was going for Umrah, when your people captured me, Whatever you say now, if you say I will carry on, I will carry on. Otherwise, whatever you say, Nabi Sallallahu said, no, by all means go. Gave him du'as, he left. Now, he was a big leader of his people. So when his Islam became known, it spread like wildfire. This person also became Muslim. Now when he came to Makkah Mukarramah, he reached there for Umrah. So somebody from the Quraysh saw him and they said to him, Sabauta, you also became a heretic. In that word, use it in that manner. You gave up the deen of your forefathers? So he said, no, I didn't become a heretic, I became a Muslim. He said, but you are now taunting me. So you will see now that I will not allow one grain of wheat to come from Yamama. He was the chief of Yamama. And this is where all the wheat used to come from. I won't allow one bit of wheat to come from there. Until Nabi Islam gives me permission. To who? To the Quraysh. Not one grain of wheat will come. Now these people started really finding it difficult. This is the Quraysh. These are the very people who tormented Nabi Sallallahu who forced him out of his birthplace. Because of their persecution, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu had to leave Makkah Mukarramah. And when he left Makkah Mukarramah, he stood out and he looked at it and he said, Oh Makkah, had my people not forced me to leave you, I would have never left you. And with a very heavy heart, Nabi Sallallahu left Makkah Mukarram. And now these very people who tormented him, tortured him, persecuted him, now they started really suffering. And it was a drought taking place also. And now they were dependent on this wheat coming from Yamama. And Sumama bin Usal put a stop to it. 
Eventually they sent a delegation to come to Nabi Sallallahu Please intercede on our behalf to Sumama that you must allow the wheat to come. Who is asking? The Quraysh asking. And in what name? They say we are giving you the intercession of kinship. That we are family. Please in the name of these family ties allow that wheat to come. In the name of these family ties allow that wheat to come. Please tell Sumama let it come. Nabi Sallallahu said in the name of family ties let it come. Subhanallah, can we imagine to what extent Allah's Nabi displayed this? So many a times we understand sometimes the value of some material possession, the value of some piece of land, the value of some wealth, the value of other things. But the value of what comes as a result of maintaining family ties, let alone the akhirat, in this very dunya, and Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha is, this is what she is saying on the top of the list. rahim. How can any disgrace come to you? Impossible. You are that person who maintains family ties. And then she mentioned several other things. But this one aspect again, when Hazrat Siddiq Akbar radiallahu ta'ala after things became very difficult on him, he decided to migrate also. So he finally packed his things one day, took permission from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and he starts leaving. When he's leaving, Ibrud Daghinaw is one of the chiefs of the Quraysh. He sees him going, he can see he's got his things in his hand. Where are you going? He said, no, you people have made things very difficult for me. I will go. The land of Allah Ta'ala is wide. I will go and worship my Allah somewhere else. I can't remain here any longer now. Ibrud Daghina says, Inna mithlaka la yakhruj wa la yukhraj. Oh, where are you going? person like you, neither can he be allowed to leave or can he ever be expelled. Not possible. Why? He starts saying the same things that Hazrat Khadija said to Nabi Sallallahu And this is a kafir, this is a person without iman. And he's saying, why can you be allowed to leave? Innaka la tasilur rahim. You are the one who goes out of your way to maintain family ties. Wa tahmilul qal, wa taksibul ma'adum, wa taqrid dayf, wa tu'inu ala nawaibil haq. So these are things which outwardly seem this, by the way, but they have a very deep impact on our lives for the betterment of our lives in this dunya and a progress for the akhirat as well. What normally or generally what is merely just required in these kind of situations or for, for going about maintaining these relationships and so on, what is generally merely required is those good akhlaq, that's all. Some sabr, some patience, some tolerance, some restraining of anger, but that's all. All it requires is that a person doesn't have the policy of fighting fire with fire, but he has the policy of fighting fire with water. Because when you fight fire with fire, then you get more fire, and then everything burns down. The person fights fire with water, everything cools down. For that moment, sometimes things are stormy, that moment sometimes a person has to yes, <coughs> subdue himself, be tolerant. But life is a journey. And life, like any other journey, there isn't the same terrain all the time. Sometimes the terrain is very smooth, going through some highways and freeways. And sometimes it's going on some dirt roads. Sometimes there's some beautiful scenery on the side. Sometimes it's going through some complete desert roads completely barren and bare. Sometimes he's going through some narrow bridges. Some, maybe 10, 12 years ago, gone to Malawi for some <coughs> work. So, it was late in the night and from one very rural point, about 4-5 hours journey now, had to be undertaken to the city. It was complete darkness. No lights, nothing, dirt roads. And en route, more than maybe 15-20 bridges had to be crossed. Very narrow bridges. Now in total darkness, some even the water is flowing over it. And two vehicles were going together in convoy. So that picture is still in the mind where now an extremely narrow bridges, no barriers on the side. Just, and in the darkness 
And each time that these bridges would come, there would be total silence in the vehicle. Everybody is hushed. And now the driver is at extreme caution. And now first the first vehicle would go to so the vehicle in the back. I think most of the time we were in the back. So now with sort of holding your breath and waiting for that vehicle to reach the banks on the other side. And then that vehicle would wait to make sure this vehicle has come safely. Now, all the terrain required extra care. But when the person reached the bank on the other side, now he's smiling. Then again, everybody suddenly starts talking a little bit. All that tension is gone. Now everything is again calm. Then again, the next bridge comes. Again, everything goes silent. But the point is, that at that time, that little sabar was made. That little tension was born. And things passed. But if a person says, well, I was driving 120 all along. Well, there's one little... Well, 50 kilometers we drove at 120. There's one stretch of 20 meters we must drive at 20 kilometers. 120 also. So what will be the end result? So that lack of patience at that time will destroy everything. So that little patience, but the person reaches the shore. Otherwise, with that impatience, the person gets washed down. Khalas. So like that life has all these ups and downs. But the person who remains little steadfast, little patient, bears whatever comes, then he reaches the other bank. Then he's still smiling. For that little while, there will be some little bit tension maybe, there will be some little bit summary he'll have to make, that little bit difficulty he'll have to endure. But all that will pay back. All that will pay back. And if he decided in one sign that we will still in school, Madrasa, so on the way to Madrasa in Stanger, there was one travel agent. So, because every day used to pass it, and in neon lighting, there was one sign that used to keep flash there, flashing there. Fly now, pay later. That thing is still stuck in the mind. Fly now, and pay later. So, that's a very telling sign. Many a times a person thinks, let me fly away from responsibilities, fly away from duties, fly away from what I'm supposed to do. Don't worry. Or fly away from the conduct that I'm supposed to adopt. But all these things when a person flies away from, he pays later. It's not that fly now and don't pay later. Who to pay for it? And strive now and get paid later. Now, little bit sabar, little bit endurance, little bit patience. So a little bit striving now, you'll get paid later. And sometimes it pays back with a very great amount of profit. This is not interest. Totally halal will come with a great amount of profit. But that little bit sabar, the time is required. That little bit patience. So in maintaining these relationships, these family ties, etc. It takes sometimes this little difficulty on oneself. This little endurance, patience, tolerance. This akhlaq that is required. But, as the Khadija is now, using this to substantiate her claim, that la Allahu abada. Allah Ta'ala will never allow any disgrace to come to you. After all, you are this person. You are the one who maintains these family relationships. How can any disgrace ever come to you? So, this is what this lesson is all about. There are many other aspects that are mentioned thereafter in this riwayat. Uh, Inshallah, maybe next week we will, whenever we continue with it, we will then discuss some other things. But the lesson here is that Nabi Wasallam practically displayed these things. These were not just theories in his life that he explained. These were practical lessons that Nabi Wasallam taught. And how dramatically he taught it, in what kind of situations. There's this full-scale war carrying on here. And Nabi Wasallam is saying, okay, for the sake of family ties, I'll leave the orchards. Can we imagine? So, this is a lesson that we also have to try to uh, bring into our lives, go out of our way to try and maintain these things. We will get paid in this very dunya. Later on the akhirat, the hadith that we discussed on several occasions previously, where this is the crux of all the benefits of a person maintaining family ties. Man ahabba lahu fi rizqihi wa lahu fi atharihi fal yasil rahima. Nabi Sallallahu says, the one who wishes to have barakat in his life, barakat in his wealth. Then, very simple prescription that he must maintain family ties. Then he will see the barakat coming in everything.
And this barakat will come in this world. What's in akhirat is different. So Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of bringing this akhlaq of Nabi Islam into our lives and all these lessons that we are taught in the Quran and the ahadith of Nabi Islam. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq of adopting it. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم ہو جائے میرا دل لکھ میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گود کردار ناماسیہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 لا الہ الا 
اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا بينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العاز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله وموس مرسفل الله موس فقيرين الله موس لوين الله إله العالمين يا الله يفقيب أول وسنزي الله فقيب أو ميجا إنماين السنزي الله إله العالمين يا الله وبشو شيملس يا الله يا الله all your favors يا الله you gave us all the bounties and نعمت يا الله your very things and your very favors and bounties be used against you ya Allah ya Allah the eyes you gave us be used to sin against you ya Allah the hands you gave us be used to sin against you ya Allah the feet you gave us be used to walk to that places which you forbid ya Allah ilahul alamin forgive the shamelessness of ours ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah you grant us complete maghfirat ya Allah forgive us ya Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our relatives ya Allah forgive our friends ya Allah ilahul alamin forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Keep us on sirat-e-mustaqeen, Ya Allah. Save us from being misled, Ya Allah. Save us from being deviated, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you keep us on iman-e-kamil, Ya Allah. You grant us iman-e-kamil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, take us with iman-e-kamil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant us death on iman-e-kamil, Ya Allah. Grant us death on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Give us death at a time that you are pleased with us, Ya Allah. We are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Give us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alamin, let Nabi Islam be happy to see us on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. When he sees her, let him embrace us out of joy and happiness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from that situation that your beloved Nabi Islam is displeased with us, Ya Allah. Who can save us on that day if Nabi Islam is displeased with us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Islam, Ya Allah. Give us the love of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Enable us to follow in the footsteps of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alamin, grant us the love of deen, ya Allah. Grant us the love of salah, ya Allah. Grant us the love of tilawat, ya Allah. Give us the pleasure of zikr and dua, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah. Grant us the love of making an effort for deen, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna of dunya, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from all the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, protect us, Ya Allah, protect our children, Ya Allah, protect our families, Ya Allah, protect the entire ummah, Ya Allah. 
Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect the Haya of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the Haya of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from Behaya, Ya Allah. Save us from shamelessness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, bring Haya back into the dressing of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bring Haya back into the homes of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, bring Haya between father and daughter, Ya Allah. Bring Haya between brother and sister, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bring Haya in the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have strayed so far away from the Ya Allah's straight path, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bring us back on all the attributes and qualities of Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from following the ways of the West, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the taps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, it is your might and your power, Ya Allah, that has kept this great sky from falling onto the earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, that might and that power with which you have kept the skies away from the earth, Ya Allah. We are begging with that might and power, Ya Allah, that keep shaitan and nafs away from us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you have all the power, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you protect us from nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you keep us steadfast, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all the good that Rasulullah Sallallahu begged for, Ya Allah. We are also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Sallallahu sought refuge from, Ya Allah. We are also seeking refuge from all those things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you are the knower of the unseen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you know the needs of each person, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill everybody's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial difficulties, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Those who are without jobs, Ya Allah, give them halal risk, Ya Allah. Give them halal jobs, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, give us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Give us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them complete shifa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who ask us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, remove all their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant them the best of this dunya and the best of the hereafter, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect us, Ya Allah. Protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all our mashayikh, our asatizai kiram, Ya Allah, all the elders of deen who have passed on, Ya Allah, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give them the highest stages in Allah, illiyin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you give, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. What we should have asked for without asking, give it to us, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyya al-azim. 